for rights reasons, we are not able to include all of the music featured in the original Cabinet of Jazz radio series. I would urge you, beg you, plead with you to head in the direction of whatever streaming service you have or vinyl records you have or whatever you've got and go and listen to this incredible music. The Cabinet of Jazz with Marcus Brigstock on Jazz FM. Listening Colour. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Cabinet of Jazz recorded live at Peter Express Soho for Jazz FM. A delight to be here. I am Marcus Brigstock, and uh, I've got to tell you, inspired by Dizzy Gillespie's presidential run in 1964. Did you know he ran for president in 1964? Well, he actually did. Tonight, I will inaugurate a new president of jazz. Their task will be to assemble a cabinet of musicians to help them run the world and make it a better place. Now, I often wonder, as I'm sure you do, how cabinet reshuffles actually happen. You know, I mean, what's the process? I assume at the moment it's basically the Prime Minister going, Sue, ah, ah, new, ah, blah, blah, next slide, please. Uh, um, who, who hasn't been disgraced? Uh, give, well, right, blah, 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 good. Uh, give them a job. Can we get Matt Hancock back so we can blame everything on him again? No? Oh, he's gone. All right, all right. Yeah, Boris Johnson's very much in the free jazz approach to governing. But tonight, the president will need to choose from musicians from the world of jazz, soul and blues to make up her cabinet. Ladies and gentlemen, Claire Martin. The multi-award winning jazz superstar Claire Martin. Claire's career spans three decades, during which time she scooped eight prizes at the British Jazz Awards and has been awarded an OBE for her services to jazz. I know. An OBE. Never mind an OBE. You're president tonight, lady. I know. That's much better. That's yeah, way better. Do you feel ready to be to be our president? Well, I feel, yeah, it's a big I, responsibility. I, I know. I'm willing to step up to the plate for jazz. And Now, under normal circumstances, obviously, a new president would swear in on a copy of the Bible. Uh, but uh, Waterstones have completely sold out, so couldn't get one. Uh, and anyway, Claire, you've chosen something much more appropriate. What are you going to swear in on? Well, I'm going to swear in on the, and I was hoping that it was on vinyl, but it isn't, but it's Shirley Horn's fantastic album, Here's to Life. It's absolutely sublime. And so for me, this is like the Bible. Absolutely. It's a very good choice. Thank um, you. I wish that the uh, people listening to this at home could be here in the room with all of us at uh, Pizza Express um, because um, we've got something very, very special here. We've actually got the original reel-to-reel recording, which I'm putting in front of Claire now. And the people at home, sadly, oh won't see it. Now, be, please be very careful. This is on loan. Uh, that's the original reel-to-reel tape. Thank you, yes. Oh, my God, I It's quite something, saying. isn't it? Well, we managed to get hold of it uh, for you, you to so swear much. in on. Um, as I say, it's on loan. I wish I could gift it to you, but that's what you get if you come to the live recordings, wow. guys. Those of you listening at home, you're missing out on this little piece of magic that we have here. Uh, so, Claire, I'm going to get you to please put your hand on that original recording of Here's to Life. And if you could read the oath that I I've will. written for you. I place my hand upon Shirley Horn. Steady. And I do... <laughs> 
And I do solemnly swear that I will lead the United States of jazz with all the soul, heart, optimism and grace as Here's to Life celebrates. May all our storms be weathered and all that's good get better. Here's to life, here's to love, here's to you. So help me, Diz. Our president, ladies and gentlemen, you've sworn in. That's thank it. You, thank you very There's much. There's no thank going you. back now. Uh, I'll take that reel to reel if you don't mind. Oh, thank you very okay. much. Now, look, here's an important question. Do you think that the world would be a better place if it was run by jazz musicians? Uh, <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Here it, we go again. Uh, Every week. <laughs> well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, you know, I think the world would be much more creative. I think there'd be a much more sort of fair policy. I think people would be more caring. I think people would be more creative. But a lot of jazz musicians, I have to say, are a little bit disorganized and can be so involved in the art, and rightly so, that they sometimes, you know, aren't taking care of business. So it would be fun. It'd be a fun mm-hmm. ride. But mm-hmm. would, it, would it be organized? Not so sure. So I'm 50 50. I'm thinking, give all the female jazzers a chance first. Yes. That's how we go. Yeah. And then we might just leave it at that. But um I mean I think <laughs> I think just more women in politics would be a progressive a start. Absolutely, it? yeah, absolutely. But no, I think it'd be a fun time. Um it would be better than what <laughs> we've got now, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's what be. we want from politics, a fun time. <laughs> we want a fun yeah. time. Yeah. Um there are aspects of being a performer, and particularly in in jazz music, I think, that qualify them very well for politics. Yeah, winging it. On the hoof, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> not knowing what you're going to say next. Exactly. You know, repeating yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, all those things. I and guess. being able, I mean, you walked in, you met Deschanel Gordon, our yeah. pianist this at evening. Five yeah, I did. At five o'clock. Yep. And then you got up and you created something that was absolutely spellbinding and, and beautiful. You, you can only do that by being able to listen and collaborate. So, yes, you know. we listen, we collaborate. We found a common ground. We talked about who we liked. Yeah, that's true. We did have some kind of real sort of um, understanding of each other. So yeah, let's give it a go. Exactly. And listen, we can say with much more safety in this day and age that jazz musicians would run the world well because few of them are dangerous, unhinged junkies. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we were making this back in the fifties, it would oh, we have been have a chance. complete non-starter. Yeah, I had to. I, had, I have to say, as you brought that up, I had a lot of musicians. I was like, yeah, let me. Oh no. Oh, she would have been. Oh no, is that because they were all ended I'm up? I'm really her. interested in that. So your selection process was. You well, ruled some people I out for being too flaky. Out. No, I had to. Yeah, they just were killing themselves before they got to forty. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I don't really about that, but um. Yeah, I think it would be different then. You're right. All right. Well, I've seen your four selections for this evening. And uh, we've got a real treat ahead of us. A real treat. Now, we've met and inaugurated our president of the week. So now we need to find out who is in your cabinet. First up, uh, let's hear a selection from your choice for Secretary of Education. Who was that saying Uh, uh, favourite things? That was the great Betty Carter. And she will be my uh, Secretary of Education, please. Now, why why do you want Betty Carter to be Secretary of Education? Well, I mean, Betty Carter was uh, phenomenal. I mean, those of you that recognise that, I mean, she's just such an original in our music, perhaps the only ever true real jazz singer. Um, but she had a lot to do with education in as far as her band were often very young men. <laughs> so she was really interested in you know, nurturing the younger generation and giving them opportunities with her in her band to go around the world and experience 
great festivals and wonderful jazz clubs. I think that in itself was brilliant because she was constantly trying to, and lots and lots of great, real great names went through Betty Carter's band, first of all, like um, John Hicks, Mulgrew Miller, um, the great um, Kenny Washington, the drummer mm. who I've since met and worked with and we talked about that. She really gave her heart and soul. But I think what really made me think, no, she would be brilliant is she's slightly scary. Slightly scary, a little That's bit what kind you of, want, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit kind of, you know, ooh. Um, in fact, once I knocked on the door at Ronnie Scott's to get my CD signed, and she said, come in! And I just went, oh, and I was shaking, hi, Betty, will you sign this? And she went, oh, somebody bought it then. And I just went, <laughs> yes, it was me. And I stood there quaking, but she signed it, and it was like, oh, okay, I was absolutely in, in touch of greatness. But she did something very important, Marcus, which I think is worth talking about, which is in 1993 which was perhaps her biggest year of innovation. She created a program called Jazz Ahead, which is still going now. It happens at the Kennedy Center and 20 young jazz students were able to go with her for a week and she would just absolutely mentor them for a week. Go through, she would teach them composition. She would talk about dynamics on stage behind a singer. It really was a great opportunity and that's continued. And I think that's a really important lesson. I mean, that's, that's proper, you know, in terms of being secretary for education. That's the real deal. It is. And I think what she got from it, apart from the satisfaction of being able to um, you know, pass on this knowledge, is that um, she got the figure and the uh, energy of youth on stage. They were mm. just dynamic. Her band were just terrific. And they powered along. Um, not always just trying to prove themselves, but just to give the fire to the music. So everybody was sort of got something from that, you know. And I remember seeing her at Ronnie Scott's and in my early 20s. I mean, I was mesmerised. And then the other half of me was thinking... Oh, what else can I do then? I think my mum's a hairdresser. I wonder if she wants a shampoo girl because <laughs> this is something else. You know, she really was something else. I think so. All the singers that have seen her, she's an eye opener. She's an inspiration. And, and um, yeah. I so think what, she... uh, tell me what happens though, because I feel like that sometimes. I go and see, you know, people that I know working in comedy and they do a set that's yeah. so great. I'm oh. like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I know. maybe it's I should like... stop. But it, I'm, perhaps just because I'm arrogant. Uh, a little while afterwards, I go, no, 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 no. The whole point of this is that was inspiring. You don't have to be that. You don't have to replicate that. You go on, you make the next thing. Yeah, you know? yeah I know what you mean. But I think, I think we all feel like that. I used to think, well, you know, it's really tricky. I'm sort of, I was in my early 20s, South London girl. And, you know, this is this black American music. There's this woman who's just phenomenal. How, what can I bring to this? But I, I, like you, I sort of went off and then I suddenly think, no, I will keep going because I, I want to sing the songs that she wrote for a start and keep talking about her. And I want to be able to just keep this music going and just bring my stamp to it. And how do you how do you select the musicians that you're going to work with? At the moment, my band are all Swedish, actually. I went and did a tour in Sweden and I met these three guys and they were just fantastic. And they, we were all new to each other because I've done it quite a while now. I've played with a lot of people in this country. So I'm often on the look when I'm out on the road. Um, when you're working with um, Swedish musicians yeah. do you have to assemble them from a flat pack or <laughs> oh come on <laughs> I just said I've been having doubts and thinking about giving up <laughs> uh, well they speak better English than me and they're lovely sometimes it's like that or sometimes it's just like players in this country that are just great and they've always been great that I've just having a sort of pool of people that I work with but I think um I, hearing it now tonight though that's inspiring isn't it so I might totally. take a leaf from Betty Carter and just get like a young band and just well, say, don't, uh, don't fire the Swedes for heaven's sake. No, 
Uh, but, no, but, I, but I love that. You know, there's a real history of that in jazz. You know, Art Blakey with yeah, the Messengers. The messages, yeah. Miles Davis did it. Yeah. You know, they kept going to younger people, if yeah. nothing else, to keep them fresh and to keep them interested. Yeah. And it does seem to be, when we talked about this before, you said Betty sends the elevator back down. Yeah. Which I, I think is a great expression. way of describing it. Yeah, yeah. T- totally. They've all gone on to do something very special. They, they've had that, you know, they had that experience. And that's, that's amazing. She was doing really great festivals uh, yeah. towards the end of her, her, her days and um were yeah. you glad you met her at ronnie's and that she was a bit <laughs> rude <laughs> yeah i think so because it didn't come under that like never meet your heroes thing no it was exactly what i wanted really because she was mid-set and so she was right you know she was upbeat and she was up for it i wanted to feel like that really because i was just in awe of her i didn't want to be a mate you know i wanted yeah. to just you know can i touch your shoe <laughs> <laughs> um but no, and then, and then she went on to do a second set. She was something else. But the the education aspect, I think, what she's left behind and still doing that, the jazz ahead, uh, that, that's really important. And I think her, her aim was to have um, uh, a legacy like that. And I think she'd be great. And, and as I said, slightly scary as well, which is important, I think. You want strict. that as Secretary of Education. You don't want to so. push over. No, exactly. Yeah. yeah, so uh, that was my idea. I thought better. Well, be I got to say, I mean, you know, I'm supposed to provide a bit of resistance <laughs> at this stage and say, oh, no, probably not. I don't think you've thought this through, but you really have thought this through. <laughs> I mean, you've, you've done the research. I don't see any way I can deny this, but I, this is at least nominally democratic. I'm going to put it to the audience. Do you think that's a reasonable choice, Betty Carter for Secretary of Education? Thank you very much. Well, there we go. I think you've got the first one over the line, Madam President. It would be no good, by the way, if you as president are scared of your own secretary (laughs) for education. You'll have to keep her in line and tell her what what you want. Speaking of which, I mean, what would you like to see in terms of music education in in schools and stuff? You're the president now. You can guide this. I could, well, straight away, I'd say without a shadow of a doubt, free music education for all free lessons for every every child in every school and and even if they want to come out in the sixth form not only that instruments to have access to instruments mm-hmm. so that somebody who's eight or nine years old can actually go and pick up a trombone or have a saxophone or you know so that's what exactly be the why should thing it only be the parents of precocious children <laughs> who, who suffer get them a trumpet Sorry. yeah <laughs> Well, at least I waited to start learning the trumpet until I was an adult and I, I didn't have to be looked after by anyone other than the teacher. Yeah. I started with the trombone. I did it because I knew when it was getting really difficult, I could just cheer myself up by going... <laughs> and it, that genuinely worked for ages. And then the trombone <laughs> is too hard to play. Oh, I don't yeah, know how hard. anybody... Anybody it is really hard, isn't it? But I mean, music education now is just, as we all know, it's getting uh, less and less and it breaks my yeah. heart. And I think of all those kids that might be great, you know, but they never get a chance. I'd really yeah. like to change that, please. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're president now, so we'll do what you say. Thank you. Via Betty Carter. <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go on your second nomination. Now, yeah. this is for Secretary of Transport. So let's oh. hear some music from this artist <laughs> and then you can tell us who it is. Who were we listening to there? Pat Matheny. Pat yeah. Matheny, guitarist. Pat, Pat Matheny, and that was the first the circle, circle yeah. by Pat Matheny. Now, yeah. you want Pat to be the uh, Secretary for Transport. I really do. Why? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm very lucky. I, when I was working on Radio 3, I interviewed him a couple of times, and um, uh, he'd always he's very, very prolific. He never, ever goes home. He's always on the road. 
you know, it'll just be perfect, won't it? You'll know all the sort of, all the wins. You know, I had a blag into airport lounges, you know, the best spanking sandwiches, the best place to put your coat. I just thought it'd be a font of knowledge. You'd know the cleanest toilets. Um, and he'd have all the sort of like, you know, ask for that room because it's quiet. He'd just be the guy. Because I was looking at his tour dates just for this 21, 22. I mean, he's, he's in America at the moment. Then he goes to Brazil and Chile and then he goes to Argentina. Then he nips over to Peru, Mexico, Canada. Then he's in Germany, Italy, Switzerland, Poland, and Spain. That's the next six six months, and he's like that all the time. So um, he's constantly on the road. I thought he'd be, it'd be yeah. A good one. I mean, he's got the experience. Got definitely. Experience. It'd be better than ways. He'd be like, yeah, take a, <laughs> take a left there. You know. Um, but would he be? Would he be one of those people like a man who knows better <laughs> than the sat nav? <laughs> I no, think, no, ignore that. Ignore that. That's telling you to go go up this. No, ignore that. Go this way. That's me, basically, is in it? the car. Yeah. Is that what you do? Yeah, well, while my wife looks at the sat and have a go, I mean, it's saying go that way. Yeah, it doesn't know. Oh. It doesn't know. I, I kind of think Pat's, he's he's such a personable guy. He's so sweet. And I, I think he wouldn't argue with the sat-nav. I think, but I don't think he'd have a sat-nav. He just, he's been on the road for so long, 40 years on the road, he would just know. Um, he might glance at it. So I, I kind of thought he would be a really good idea because... Um, it seems uh, solid. I mean, I sh- yeah. we need to check a couple of things, though, just like in terms of security clearance and stuff. If he's permanently on the road, has he got um, an incredibly angry family? <laughs> yeah, I think so, because yeah. once I asked him uh, when he, we were talking about our kids and the teeth falling out, well, how much you put under the pillow now because it's, you know, the tooth fairy is getting expensive. And I said, the tooth fairy is getting expensive, isn't it, Pat? And he sort of went, I guess, because he wasn't home doing it, was he? His wife was doing it. But she's probably very understanding. She might meet him in glamorous places. Switzerland I'd go to if I was her. Maybe pop to Peru, meet up. I mean, as well as being a, a, a sensational musician, he is also very wise, I think. He says, jazz isn't a destination for me. For me, jazz is a vehicle that takes you to the true destination, a musical one that describes all kinds of stuff about the human condition. Yeah, he is an incredible musician. He's an incredible well. musician, and he's very intense, and he's very, but he's he's really friendly, and he's got. And I said to him, "So tell me what it's like, Pat, before you do a gig." And he said, "Well, I don't speak all day of the gig. I don't speak. I don't say a word. That's kind of a singer's thing." And I said, "Oh yeah, okay, cool, cool, get that." And he said, "Oh, and I don't eat. I don't eat a thing all day before I do the gig. I just want to be like clear on stage." And and I said, "Yeah, but then you have a beer, don't you? Have a beer after?" He said, "No, I don't drink either." And I'm like, "Oh, Pat." You know, <laughs> he sort of diminished. So he's quite a clean living guy. And I think that must help him with this you amazing do, stamina that he's got. You do quite a lot of that now, the day of a gig. What, not speaking? Yeah. That's what I do, yeah. I don't yeah. speak. Yeah, well, I well, try not to speak too much, but that's a real singer's thing because you just want to try and have enough for the stage and, you know, the all night parties, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure, sure. I worry about someone having a ministerial position who isn't oh. practicing basic self-care during the day. For his music, clearly, you know, if you've ever seen Pat Metheny live, you will know it is an astonishing performance. But like you're asking him to take on yep. a, a position of state, you know, if he's all wobbly and vague and refusing, <laughs> and refusing to speak because he's going to play later on. Actually, that's true. I didn't think that through. Yeah, well, no, you're right. You're no, right. but I, I mean, you did think it through because he knows, as you say, you know, he knows how to get from A to B. He sure does. And um, but he, he probably would be quite faint and and not hungry. Well, look, as I think I've made clear, I have got some. Oh, I know. Concerns. I feel like this one's not going to roll. Yeah, no, I don't think I can let Pat. Oh, 
Pat. Don't think I can let him be Secretary of State for Transport. Okay, I should have done Secretary of State for Hair, shouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or for Secretary of State for the Elderly. No, I mean because he just he just goes and he goes, goes and goes. And goes His and goes. energy is incredible. His energy is great. Can I and just as a little stat, just to talk. I mean, he he is he has won twenty Grammy awards, and he's the only person to have won ten Grammys in ten different categories. Now that is a serious you know, uh, a musician that's yeah, really, yeah. really left his mark on the planet. So he may not be accepted for this, but I still well, love him very yeah. much. Yeah, well, he's he's absolutely brilliant. I'll keep mulling it over and we'll see. I'll tell you what, in the meantime, uh, I've set the audience to work here at Pizza Express Soho and they've been coming up with their own ideas for cabinet members. Uh-huh. So uh, as president, I want you to give your thoughts on these. And it's interesting, a few of these that have been mentioned have not been picked by any of our presidents across the cabinet of jazz. Uh, but this, there's some good suggestions here. Um, Oscar Peterson, and his role would simply be ambassador for jazz. No one's picked Oscar Peterson yeah, yet. Yeah, I'm clapping that. I mean, the first, the first applause clearly came from the man who wrote Oscar Peterson. <laughs> down but it, it, it i've been surprised that no one's picked oscar peterson yeah they will i think yeah, I think yeah will. for sure for sure um who else fats waller prime minister <laughs> and the reason they've given is he had many girlfriends and could consume copious amounts of alcohol daily also great pianist <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i mean uh, you know pretty pretty decent uh, prime minister chancellor buddy rich oh yeah quite full-on he'd run things tight he ran a very tight band and I really like this suggestion, Minister for Entertainment, Eric Morecambe. <laughs> yeah, well, he played all the right notes, just not necessarily in, in the, the right road. order. Yeah, very good. I think that's a very good suggestion. Uh, then there's someone who's taken it very seriously here and they've written, the obvious answer would be Lester Prez Young, but I nominate Miles Davis as first among equals. Miles was a great recruiter of talent and, and uh, had an unparalleled eye for brilliance. All right, well, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for your uh, suggestions. Really <laughs> okay, well, look, so far, our president of the week, Claire Martin, has suggested Pat Metheny uh, in charge of transport, um, but we'll see about that. I'm, I'm, I'm still mulling it over. Uh, but you have got through Betty Carter as Secretary of Education. Yes. Let's hear your third selection. Okay. We'll play a little blast of this and then you can tell us who it is. As if people didn't know. Tell us who that was. Kurt Elling. Kurt Elling, Kurt yeah. Elling, Kurt this Elling. This wonderful performance of resolution there taken from Man in the Air. So what cabinet position do you want Kurt Elling well, to fulfil? Kurt Elling is going to be my Secretary of State. Okay. Um, well, what a sound. Um, but he's a really smart guy. He's a very, very clever man. Um, he was going to be an academic. He was actually studying uh, religion, but he was singing in these clubs in Chicago at night. And he said this great thing, which I thought was lovely. He said, Saturday night, one over Sunday morning. And he ditched it and he became a singer. And I'm just really thrilled because... Um, but, but So he's a really good people person. Everybody loves him. He gets new bands together, so he's always looking uh, for the, not the obvious choices. And um, also, what's really important, Marcus, I thought, is that he speaks about four or five different languages. 
That's um, a good start, isn't it? It's a very the Secretary good start. of State would have to deal with all sorts of foreign leaders and ambassadors exactly. and travel and represent the United States of jazz around the world. So if he speaks those languages, that's a very good start. It's a very good start. So he's got all that. He's fearless. He's bold. You heard there he took on that uh, John Coltrane um, phenomenal piece and then and put his own words to it. So he's pushing the music out there. Mm. He's pushing the boundaries. And he's he's a really good bloke. He loves a whiskey. He's a giggle. Um, and I just think he'll be just right. And he stays up all night. He does hardly needs to sleep. Um, he's, a, he's a lovely dad. He's a wonderful and loyal husband. He's just got everything I want. He's got gravitas. He would do a good job, I think. You're selling him way too hard. What's going on here? Because I'm pissed off about Pat Metheny. I've got to really sell this one. <laughs> You're worried I'm going to block Kurt yeah, I Ellen. really want Kurt in there. We'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I'm, I'm quite persuaded. I mean, the fact, as Secretary of State, that he speaks foreign languages. Oh, and he's stuff. brilliant. I mean, he's that's... brilliant. I've not met anyone, really, that doesn't sort of see his artistry and see that he's an original voice. You heard a bit there. I mean, we're all striving to get our own sound. When he sings, mm. bang, you hear it's him. And he's created this wonderful career. Uh, in fact, in Chicago, he did so well, he ended up buying Barack Obama's first house. So he's did he? Like, yeah, his, his politics wow. are great. Um, so he's already in there with the politics. So Yeah, um, yeah. You know. <laughs> and he kind of helps to gel people together. Helps Gels people together. Yeah, he does. And he and he puts, um, he does things like he goes on cruise ship gigs and he starts singing in his dressing room, uh, in his little room, and there'll be some fantastic Cuban trumpet player uh, next to the, and then they'll suddenly start playing through the wall and then they'll start a band and then he'll be singing in Cuba. I mean, he just lets ideas roll and they're very successful. So um, I'm really rooting for him to be accepted. I please. can tell. I'm desperately trying to think of a reason oh, to say and no. And I also slightly fancy him. Sorry. Oh, no, All oh, right. There we go. There we go. Now it's out. When I said earlier, you're selling him so hard, what's going on? Yeah, I have a crush. That was I what was crush, going on. <laughs> well, fair enough. I mean, I don't see any better reason for giving someone a position in politics <laughs> than than fancying them I mean that's well, you know that's being absolute... honest I have to be honest part of my job yeah <laughs> it is confusing when awful politicians are quite good looking yes mm. who Paddy Ashdown in his younger days yeah maybe. exactly why should I be the first to speak Come on you can all internally deal with the politicians who you know are problematic I mean look somebody out there found Matt Hancock sexy so uh-huh. all right well I can't see any reason, frankly, to stand in the way of Kurt Elling, who, as you say, like is a phenomenal musician, still oh, making ridiculous. brilliant, brilliant music. Absolutely is. Uh, to be your Secretary of State. I'm going to put it out uh, to the audience, though. What do we think? Kurt Elling, Secretary of State? Overwhelmingly, yes. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. If Thank nothing you. else, it does, as you said, it takes guts to put lyrics to uh, a Coltrane piece from A Love Supreme and go, sure yeah, yeah, there's more, to, there's more to be done with this, which is exactly what jazz is about. All right, well, he's through. He's passed. Yes. Finally, uh, your wild card. Uh, everybody's going to know this, uh, but let's hear it. Yeah. Gosh, who was that? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll say it at once. Ella Fitzgerald! Ella Fitzgerald, yeah, performing yes. Blue Skies from the album Get Happy. Uh, all right, and now this is your wild card. It's so, so unwild, isn't it, to have chosen her? You'd think, I mean... I know no, 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 it's not. The, the wild card is the, is the position that you put them in. Okay, all right. So I've put um, Ella Fitzgerald as the Secretary of Happiness and Wellbeing. 
I think that's going to be the Come one. On, I think someone said it actually earlier. That's, that should be a ministerial position anyway. Yeah, there absolutely. should just be someone whose job it is just to keep an eye on like, are the people okay? Yeah. Are they all right? She would be great for this. I mean, I, I heard the wonderful Zara McFarlane's um, yeah. uh, jazz uh, cabinet and she mm-hmm. chose her as one of her singers. Um, so uh, well, you've already sort of talked about the brilliance of her, but she just is the epitome of joy and swing and happiness. Everybody, even if they don't like jazz, you say, she's like jazz, oh, not really. She's like Ella Fitzgerald. I love Ella Fitzgerald. So she's won the hearts of everyone, regardless of whether they think they like jazz or not. But she also had that tough upbringing, but all the way through, she was happy. She loved singing, that beautiful face emanating all that love. Mm. So I think she would be great for that. Yeah, I'm inclined to agree, really. I mean, she was obviously absolutely incredible. And like a lot of the uh, jazz singers at that time, you know, it was a painful and difficult life for her. It was tough. Yeah, she Uh, And she was able to to dig into that stuff and, and be incredibly emotional on stage but also as you say be playful yeah joyful those recordings the two recordings ella meets louis which she did fairly late on you know they were both very well established by then but they're so playful and joyful with each other and if you think about the album cover actually where they're they're both sitting on this is the most unpretentious picture on the front of an album cover it just these people were real um and i think she would just be you know she she so she's gone through the adversity of that sort of tough upbringing but she also when when she was discovered by chick webb die the big band leader who gave her a break she ran that band after he died so she was the first female big band leader i didn't know that she took over chick webb's band she she took it over and she did a great job so she was really flying the band from the savoy yeah she was the she said no we won't fold i'll lead it so she's got strength she's just i think didn't she start didn't she enter a competition at the savoy and she she was gonna go and dance Dance, that's right and then she saw two other dancers and went no i don't think so i'll have a go at singing Imagine if she imagine if she'd gone, yeah, I can dance. And we may never have heard Elephant's Child. And did you did you Amazing. pick Blue Skies from Get Happy because it's a good example of her being joyful and all the rest yeah, of it? I or think so. or is it like what are your favourite um, records of, of Alice? Well that, that Get Happy album was a sort of a, a, a compilation and that Blue Skies was from the 1958 album. She did the songbook. She was very famous for doing the songbook. It was called mm. Porter, George Gershwin. And that's from the Irving Berlin songbook. Mm. Um, which, and I just love that song. I mean, it's just blues. It's a cheery, fantastic singer singing a cheery, fantastic song. It's a bit of a win-win. But I think her songbook series for me, um, you know, those uh, through that 10-year period, that's it. If you want to hear jazz vocals, that and then how to tell a story and the, the the way she she's so measured, but she's playful and she's such a great musician. And Dizzy Gillespie, of course, championed her and taught her how to scat. She used to yeah, yeah. scat with Dizzy. So um, she ties in really nicely. Yeah, it's a pretty great place to learn uh, yeah. alongside Diz, definitely. I love this. There's a great quote, which I'd never seen before. But when I was reading up on her, she said, uh, the only thing better than singing is more singing. Yeah, more singing. It's so yeah. great. When it's your work, when it's your life yeah. singing, yeah. does it still light you up like that? I think about that quote a lot because I can't say I think like that a lot. I've missed it through lockdown, of course. Mm. I can't wait to get it. Um, but she was singing with just the creme, creme de la creme of musicians. No, no wonder she didn't want to stop, you know. Um, but I think when you're a singer for a living, when I sing at home and I'm not concentrating, I'm terrible. My husband says, I can't believe you get paid to do that because I'm just really rubbish because I'm just sort of singing for the joy of singing and singing along and it's not... What's it's, your it's go-to? Not... Do you mean like just blasting along with the radio? Yeah. 
Yeah. And what do you like to sing yeah. along to? Oh, I'll do any old rubbish. Um, but but you know the new Abba song I quite like. Um, we're just sort of singing for, without thinking about it because when when you're actually singing like tonight, you actually try and make it look effortless. But there's you have to really concentrate. Yeah. Otherwise, you just sing off key and stuff. Because it when you know when it becomes your job, it's. Yeah. I mean, are you funny when you're not at work? <laughs> I'm often not that funny when I'm at work. <laughs> Well, for that, uh, you can definitely have Ella Fitzgerald <laughs> as your Secretary of oh, I think that's uh, a Happiness. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, right. thank you. Thanks very much. The first lady of jazz and genuinely a ray of sunshine. She's, that's I, exactly right. What I've never put say. on an Ella Fitzgerald record and not felt better yeah. uh, yes. at the end of it. Never once. Yeah. You know, that's a really incredible. That's a great thing to say. We've talked a little bit about what you do in education. Yeah. But what else would you do? You've got all these powers available to you. You've you've assembled some very cool people to do good things, brighten the world up. Yeah. What else would you like to do? I'd like to teach mostly men to dance. I'd like to have like men dance club. Um, do you mean like physically teach them how to dance or, just be or free that thing to do of it, you know. like just letting yeah, go let and go. getting involved? Let go. Because I mean, I really love going dancing and um, I have to go to my gay mates at gay clubs and have a lovely time. But my husband will not dance it's terrible and all my other mates just won't dance so i'd love to have men dance classes would be good street samba if you walked out at mm-hmm. lunchtime we could have a quick samba thing i think the world needs a bit more dancing as well so i'd have a bit of that as well i agree um yeah and i'd also i'd also um there's really... a lot of women applauding that and the men sitting there going well i mean i'm happy to clap but i'm not going to show I, anybody yeah <laughs> i mean I, I don't mind if a bloke can't dance as long as he's like going for it and you think oh he can't dance but he's blessed him he's really going for it he's let himself go and he's he's liberated in his terribleness you know he just goes for it maybe that brings us back to Ella Fitzgerald like you could see you could hear that there was pleasure in it that there was real joy I mean, so dance classes dance, for, cl- for dance the classes fellas. for the fellas. But on a serious note, I'm I'm asked to be a patron of a couple of charities, and one of them is called Off the Fence, and we're really trying to get the homeless people um, housed in Brighton, and that really is a big uh, thing for me. You know, um, it's, it breaks my heart. So I'd really like to do more for people that are sleeping out on the streets and help them out. And like in lockdown, when suddenly they were all okay, we're in hotels. Why, why can't that continue? Yeah, know? it's really embarrassing for all the people in politics that that turned out to be an achievable thing, right? Yeah. Well, there's They're so like, many empty oh, okay, well, and- when you decide... You know, those people shouldn't be on the street. Yeah, That's not okay. So exactly right. So, mm. that, you know, I've been talking about dancing and being a bit sort of flippant, but that is a big thing for me. So I'd like to, I'd like to seriously try and sort that out. Well, I think that's an excellent suggestion, along with the dancing, obviously. But what about Pat? Is he going to go in or not? No way. (laughs) Listen, I've considered your four choices, and and most of them are going through. But Pat, I'm afraid I can't can't let it happen. Sadly. Now, listen, don't be down about it. You got three out of the four over the line. I did. And also, this is completely arbitrary. It could have been any of them. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, well, sadly, that's it. It's all the time we have. Uh, my thanks to this week's president, Claire Martin, to my producer, Debbie Kilbride, exec producer, Alison Vernon-Smith, and to Pizza Express. The Cabinet of Jazz is a Loftus Media production for Jazz FM, supported by the Audio Content Fund. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for your president, Claire Martin. Thank you very much. A lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs>